better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Wednesday episode of the show. Kyle, what's up, man? Hey, man. Uh, really enjoyed yesterday's kind of breakdown of mocks. We, we talk about creating mocks, but not necessarily to the de- depth and degree in which we did yesterday on the show and we're going to do today. So I'm really looking forward to, to digging through the back half of these mocks and uh, getting into some more of the hardships that existed in, in trying to make a mock yeah. that you really love. Quick question. Yeah. We, we are recording this before the first episode of Hard Knocks, training camp with the yes. Dallas Cowboys. Yes. So I wanted to gauge the room here. What's our excitement level? Are we dialed in? Are we watching it? What's uh, What do we think about this upcoming season of Hard Knocks? I'll tell you this. I'm in. I love it. I'm going to watch every episode. I can't wait. I'm I'm very excited for Hard Knocks. I It's any kind of behind the scenes, and especially yes. a team that I'm not emotionally invested in, Mm-hmm. It's I could just kind of appreciate the highs and the lows and the look behind the curtain and all that kind of stuff. So I'm pumped. I'm really excited. Uh, I will plead the fifth on answering this question. Oh, no. Okay, so by pleading the fifth, he's going to tell us, I hate Hard Knocks. I don't like it. I'm not going to watch it. I'm not interested. I've never seen an episode of Hard Knocks start to finish. What? Caramba. Your, your team was on the show. I know. How does this happen? Sorry. So if I, I told to, you, let's go eat a, a goddamn snack, you wouldn't understand <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm talking about? I would not, no. Oh, my goodness. I would have at least hoped you would have got the quote. Wow. You know, I planned on being nice to Shuby today. I felt a little bad. Uh, yesterday, I gave him some crap about the structure of the show. Monday, Kyle comes in spitting fire about the Mets. Figured we we give we give uh, give it a rest on, on the you know going after Shuby today, but man, you just did it to yourself. I'm gonna buy you like the jet season, but but like I, I like I I'm not taking away anything from the show because like I get it, I understand why people like it, but like I just don't feel like I've missed anything, right? Like I'll give you another example. I have never seen a single second of Game of Thrones. I don't sit yeah. here feeling like I've missed out on anything. Like I, that's fine. Uh, other people can enjoy what they like to enjoy. That's fine. I just I, I I'm, I'm uninterested. And the, if you told me you felt that way about other seasons of Hard Knocks, I would get it. But for your own team to be spotlighted, for you to have a chance to see what the inner workings and the politics and the decision making process that went into that year was like, that that's what's most surprising to me. I've seen All clips. Right. I've seen whatever gets shared on like our Reddit slash uh, subreddit NFL, like Hugh Jackson, yep. like when the Browns were. Like I see the clips. I've just never taken the time to sit down in front of my television and watch an episode for start from start to finish. I, I know happened. what we're doing when you come down to to South Florida in November. We're we're calling off the we're deep sea deep fishing deep. trip. No, <laughs> and we're just watching hard knocks. We're going fishing. Should we get it watched before then? I've got I got to catch a king mackerel. Um. All right, so Kyle, you want to talk about our mock drafts, picking up with uh, the next picks, batch of picks, 17. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, draft dudes do math. So how many picks is this? We're going 17 to 21, correct? 21, yeah. So here, Five I'll give, picks. You, give you my pick. 17, the Chargers, wide receiver John Mechie from Alabama. 18, mm-hmm. the Denver Broncos, safety Jordan Battle 
from Alabama, even though Denver Broncos fans reminded me that they drafted two in the fifth round this year. Like that's somehow going to preclude me from going safety here with Kareem Jackson in a contract year at 33 years old. Uh, Tennessee Titans, number 19, tight end Jalil Billingsley, Alabama. Number 20, the Patriots, wide receiver George Pickens from Georgia. And at number 21, your guy, Brandon Joseph, safety Northwestern to the Minnesota Vikings. My guy, it's a great fit for him. So I went Denver at 17. And reminder, the the order is dictated by the Bet Online Super Bowl odds. If there were ties, Joe and I each had the liberty to make selections on what order they came in. So we're using the same Super Bowl odds, but if you hear different order, it's because teams were tied and we chose a different distribution of those teams. I have Denver at 17, drafting offensive tackle Zion Nelson from Miami. Uh, At 18, I have the Chargers drafting tight end Jaleel Billingsley from Alabama. Uh, At 19, I have Philadelphia, courtesy of Miami, drafting defensive end George Karloftis from Purdue, which we talked about yesterday when Joe made the same pick. At 20, I had the Minnesota Vikings drafting Michigan safety Daxton Hill. And at 21, I had the New England Patriots drafting wide receiver John Mechie from Alabama. So, Kyle, this batch of picks for both of us is where Jaleel Billingsley comes off the board, tight end Alabama. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have him going to the Titans. You have him going to the Chargers. I think both fits are really, really good. Yep. And Billingsley, like, what he's caught 18 passes or something yeah. so far. Ne- next to nothing. Yep. But I feel really good about what this player brings to the table and what I think it can look like this year for Alabama and him reaching this type of uh, a status. And so when you think about giving him to Justin Herbert in, in L.A. and what that could mean for that offense. And and obviously I think he's an absolute slam dunk in Tennessee, you know, considering how they've used John U. Smith and Ferkser and Delaney Walker. Like, I think it's a very natural spot for him. Like, I just feel like there's spots for this guy. Like this is the tight end. My eye is on entering the season. Yeah. There's no question when you are, uh, let's be transparent. This is not Kyle Pitts, right? No, this is not, no. He's not Kyle Pitts, but he is somebody who is an absolute mismatch nightmare as far as he can run. He's long. Uh, He's made a lot of really successful plays on the ball at the catch point. Uh, He wins in the middle of the field. For me and the Chargers, it was about finding somebody in the middle of the field to get vertical and continue that vertical stretch in the passing game and getting behind the linebackers and really putting stress on you to get depth on in in the middle of the field uh, on the second level and the voids that that creates. And if you try and match him with safeties, like he is a good enough athlete. He's not Kyle Pitts, but he's a big and good enough athlete. He runs like a wide receiver. So yeah, I, I I think this is, you you think about where Evan Ingram went in the draft, right? Mm -hmm. And David Mm -hmm. and Joku and those kinds of guys going in the back half of the first round. Um, Billingsley has that same potential it's just a matter of putting it all together but you look at the Alabama offense this year Mechie's back and Billingsley is what the second most accomplished receiver on the offense right now so he's going to be the number two option in the passing offense and Bill O'Brien's there on that staff now they're going to use the tight end more than they have in the past because they have one and they they don't have the experience at receiver that they've had in the past you have I was gonna say can, can you 
Do you, how much do you hate the Zion Nelson pick to Denver? Because obviously you're the <laughs> AC, you, you're responsible for the ACC, so you, you've seen plenty of Zion Nelson. But I just think about Denver and the success that they had, and I understand there were coaching changes that took place here, but developing Garrett Bowles as a player, Zion Nelson is very, very raw. They swung big in free agency on Juwan James, and that did not materialize, and he obviously departed with a, an injury dispute uh, because he got hurt away from the team facility working out. Uh, and their right tackle position uh, is a spot that I, I think there is a, a major upgrade opportunity. And with Nelson being as toolsy as he is, him and Bowles gives you one of the more athletic duos in football. Now it's just a question of can he piece it all together? And the guy I comp him to is Austin Jackson, uh, who went 18th to the Dolphins in 2020. Yeah, so the, the question I was going to ask you was about Zion Nelson. Yep, 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 yep. And I remember after I did my mock draft, you and I had a conversation, and I'm like, dude, I can't believe the players I'm putting in the back half of this. And I and I mm -hmm. gave you like a pick, a, a stretch of 10 picks, and I told you the players, and you're like, dude, those are all picked like 20 to 40 spots higher than they should. And I'm like, just wait till you do yours, man. Just wait till you do yours. <laughs> you don't have a choice. You got to have 32 players going. And for that reason, I, I understand why you identified Zion Nelson as a player that could take a leap. You're not saying that right now this is a mid-first-round pick, but in no. where, where we are in this process, the, the really early stages, and you think about the players that can really ascend and put things together and, and solidify and you know earn this type of a billing, I think Zion Nelson can do that. When it comes to Denver, obviously, I think, man, they got to be so disappointed in what transpired with Juwan James at right tackle. They probably really thought they had their tackle thing figured out with Bowles and James, and then you know, James just didn't work out. I love the idea of of Zion Nelson with Mike Munchak. Like that's that gets me excited. That's certainly a, a great coach to give him to develop and, and become the best version of himself. But obviously, you know, he's got to take a step this year and. Physically, he he can do it. I think I, one thing that I always bring up when we talk Zion Nelson is, yeah, you know, this guy very quickly added a lot of weight, a lot of weight, and he was a starter as a true freshman at Miami. And so I think being comfortable with the movement skills and and just your your coordination and body control when you add that much weight that quickly is something that he's been adjusting to. Yeah. So we both went with safeties to Minnesota. We both went with wide receivers to New England. Can you, can you sell me on Pickens to New England? Because when I had Mechie on the board, that was a slam dunk, right? That's the big push right now is the Eagles reunited Devontae Smith with Jalen Hurts and the Dolphins reunited Waddle with Tungvalu and the Bengals reunited Chase with Joe Burrow. So I had a chance to say, oh, I can get John Mechie and put him with, with Mac Jones? Yes, please. So how, how do you like the fit of how Pickens plays as a receiver at Georgia to, A, the struggles that New England has had in evaluation, and B, how you anticipate he is going to fit into what they have built on offense based on the, what we anticipate with Mac Jones but also the other personnel they brought in? 
Well, first of all, how dare you overlook reuniting Tanner Gentry with Josh Allen for the Excuse Bills me. this Excuse year? Um, <laughs> uh, so first of all, as I was seeing your mock draft and, and seeing that you gave John Mechie to Alabama, or excuse me, John Mechie to the Patriots, my first thought was, oh, I wish I would have done that. <laughs> but Mechie came off the board at 17 right, with the Chargers pick, so I didn't have you know, uh, him available for the Patriots when it was their turn. So I, I concede that that's a better pair. And I, and I understand the question that you asked, which was very much like, uh, you know, you preach the sermon there when you ask the question, <laughs> you know, like, you know what I mean? Like you, you get a lecture from I your plead the fifth, plead the fifth, <laughs> you get a lecture from your parents. And, and as part of them asking you a question, they pretty much just give you the message. That's exactly what you did there, which I, I 100% respect. Um, but I think, look, I mean, there's a talent level here with Pickens that is exciting. And I know that stylistically he doesn't resemble the receivers that Mac Jones has had success with at Alabama. I recognize that. But as a player that you envision being a true X in the NFL that you think has the physicality and play strength to to handle everything that comes with it and to be a volume pass catcher for an offense I think he's got that type of makeup despite him not necessarily being like Mechie or Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle which you know I think I think it's a good point to bring up but I also think this is also like the type of receiver that we've seen New England draft and, and <laughs> that's not necessarily a good thing and I don't I wouldn't say that he's like in kill Harry in every way or anything like that but like the higher picks that we've seen the Patriots make throughout the, the the lifespan of of Belichick, it's been more players that you say, yeah, that's an X receiver. So I think that's kind of where I, I convince myself on mm-hmm. this. Okay. That's fair. So anything else for me in this group? Let me well I the one that was stand I want to get it to Nelson in, in Billingsley. We talked Carl Lopez, Beautiful. So I feel Beautiful. I feel good. I feel good about where we are with this group of players. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit in the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay. So our next group of five, uh, we're getting into comfortable playoff teams uh, according to Bet Online Super Bowl odds, plus the mm-hmm. Jets, courtesy of, of owning the Seattle pick. Uh, so. Joe, if you don't mind, I'll read through my five. You can read through yours, and we can go from there. Uh, I have Tennessee at 22 at plus 2,800, uh, and they are drafting another cornerback, cornerback Caleb Evans from Missouri. Uh, Dallas at 23, drafting wide receiver Chris Olave from Ohio State. The Jets at 24, drafting Zion Johnson. Uh, We're calling him a guard here. On, on draft dudes from Boston College. 25 is the Baltimore Ravens drafting defensive lineman Aiden Hutchinson and 26 Cleveland Browns. 
pass rusher Adam Anderson from Georgia. All right, 22, I got the Jets taking wide receiver Traylon Burks from Arkansas. That's courtesy of Seattle. Philadelphia at 23, courtesy of Indianapolis. Offensive tackle Thayer Munford of Ohio State. 24, the Dallas Cowboys. Safety Daxton Daxton Hill from Michigan. 25, Cleveland Browns. Edge rusher MyJ Sanders from Cincinnati. And number 26, Baltimore Ravens. Edge Adam Anderson from Georgia. Okay, so we got a little bit of overlap here. Some players in the same spots, but not all. Anything stand out to you in my group of five? Well, I, I guess what stands out to me is two players that I think you took a swing on, and I like. Um, one that's included in mine is is Adam Anderson, Edge from, mm-hmm. from Georgia, but you also have a Caleb Evans, corner from Missouri, transfer from Tulsa, yes. leveled up. Um, let's let's get into let's get into that because I think this is an interesting name for people that are probably navigating these these mock drafts. Yeah, so uh, Tennessee took a swing of the bat with Caleb Farley uh, in this year's first round, and then last year, the year before, I should say, took Christian Fulton. So they have young corners on the team, but the corners outside of that are, are pretty tapped out, and, and I think Fulton didn't necessarily show you anything in year one there's a, there's a lot of optimism for him entering into year two, and we both really liked Christian Fulton as a player. But from a coverage value in the NFL right now, there's no such thing as too many corners. And I look at the entirety of the corner room that they have in Tennessee, and there's not a lot of proven assets. When your top two are a rookie and Christian Fulton, who did not – jump off and explode in year one uh, in 2020, I think there's room to continue to invest in this group. And he fits the same kind of mold. Obviously, he played at Tulsa, so uh, his opportunity at Missouri to play against SEC competition is going to be huge for his stock. Uh, But he's big, physical, he's fluid, uh, and he fits the same kind of mold that Tennessee has in these other corners. So for me, it was more of a position of need and a best player available that fit their style um, that helped sell me on this pick. But this was, this was not an easy pick because I looked at the available talent and I really didn't fall in love with a lot. But if I was going to go with a, a, a defensive end, or an edge rusher, at least they have Bud Dupree there to compliment Harold Landry, who's a proven player. Look, on the offensive line, I didn't really like a lot of the options for Tennessee specifically. Uh, obviously, the, their right tackle situation after swinging on Isaiah Wilson is something that needs to be addressed, but I took a huge swing of the bat with a right tackle in Zion Nelson at 17. And I'll tell you right now, I have Zion Johnson going in this group of five that we're talking about now. I don't have another offensive lineman going in the first round. It's just I, I didn't like the value there. So Tennessee was one of those picks I kind of felt stuck on, where it's like, man, I, I think I'm just going to go with a player I think fits their their type. They're thin at this spot. They're not proven at this spot, and it's a valuable position. So do you think it was more about wanting to go corner 
for Tennessee or wanting to fit a Caleb Evans into the back half of your first mm, round? It wasn't necessarily about planting my flag on Evans, but okay. I like Evans a lot. Like I know that that they have, um, they have another corner who also made the jump from Tulsa, and some people like him more than yeah, Evans. Allie but Green. I, yeah, I, I think Evans is a more fluid player, more smooth. Uh, I think he's got better body control. So uh, they they got two big physical corners there that are, are going to make a little bit of noise. Um, and, and I think from a measurables perspective, Green's probably going to move the needle more. But I think Evans right now for me is is the more translatable player. How about how about Chris Olave to Dallas? That was something you had here, number twenty three. Obviously, I think we all expect Michael Gallup to to walk. That made it easy. Is, that made so it easy. Our, I, I okay. Um, that made it easy, but like it would still be hard for me to not to go defense for them. When you take into consideration, and I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here because I just got done saying with Tennessee, they they made all these recent investments at corner, uh, but they aren't proven. But I mean, Tennessee or Dallas dumped into the defensive side of the ball in this year's draft. And I think if, if Dak Prescott is going to be the best version of himself and be the quarterback that you're paying him to be, keeping his supporting cast as consistent as possible should be a point of emphasis to the degree where Michael Gallup is going to quickly become the option three in this offense this year, right? With the continued emergence of CeeDee Lamb and, and Amari Cooper being as good as he is. But having that type of player, and I think Gallup and, and Olave, they're not a one-for-one, one, but I think they win in similar ways. Uh, and Olave's going to be much cheaper. And I think that is going to help Dak be the best version of Dak. And at the end of the day, when you're paying Dak to be your franchise quarterback, you want to give him the tools he needs to be successful. So uh, th- this was pers- for, personally for me the best value in the first round. He's my seventh-rated player, and that doesn't that says a lot about Chris Olave, but it also says something about the class that we're dealing with, and it also says something about you know uh, there are a lot of questions, and, and guys in our group have asked like, do you think Chris Olave is a one A type receiver in the NFL? And I think he could be a really effective part of a really effective deep group. Uh, but I don't view him as like you talked about George Pickens being a stereotypical X. I don't think Olave is necessarily going to be that. So to send him to a spot that has other options, I liked the opportunity to do that. Can I can I ask you about? We obviously fit uh, edge rushers to to Cleveland. You took Majay Sanders. I took Adam Anderson. We both fit defensive linemen to. Baltimore, you took Adam Anderson there, and I took Aiden Hutchinson. Can I ask you about Traylon Burks to the Jets? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one, and I um, I don't necessarily feel like they have to get another weapon. Like I think they've they've invested there; they probably need to let some development happen. But when I think about Michael Lafleur as the offensive coordinator, and you know him being a disciple of Kyle Shanahan, six seasons together. You know, there's going to be an, a lot of influence there. I just feel like this is the type of weapon he would want to have, where in the RPO game, he's so valuable for Arkansas, just running just the, the mm-hmm. quick slants and getting open across the middle of the field and having a size dynamic with him to create after the catch. And, I mean, he's even gotten some opportunities in the return game. And so I just think from a style of offense that they want to play, 
in New York and, and not really seeing a tight end on their roster that I think is a difference maker or feeling good about selecting one for them. I think this is the type of X factor that they can unleash to add the layers and wrinkles to the offense that I think they're going to want to considering LaFleur is a Shanahan disciple. So that was, that was my thought process with that. Got it. Got it. Did you know that built bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. Yeah, I did. They have did coconut, cherry, raspberry, Yum. mint, brownie, double chocolate, cookies, delicious. And cream, orange, strawberry, salted caramel. There's a lot of flavors and maybe you don't know where to start. I encourage you to check out a mixed box. That's where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. It's the perfect place to start your Built Bar journey. Figure out what you like and go from there. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bars ever, they're healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Their calories range from 130 to 180. There's only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty. They're all healthy. We got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15. And it'll get you 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so the last stretch of picks here. Six. Is six picks to, to get six through. Six picks. With tying a ribbon on the, uh, the process of crafting our initial mock drafts. Kyle, I'll rip off my last six picks first and turn it over to you. At 20, is it 26 my first pick? 27. 27, the Miami Dolphins, courtesy of the 49ers. Edge, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, 28. Detroit Lions, courtesy of the Rams. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. 29, the Green Bay Packers going with offensive lineman Zion Johnson out of Boston College. At 30, the Buffalo Bills, interior offensive lineman Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. 31, Tampa Bay Buccaneers going cornerback Kyer Elam from Florida. And Mr. Irrelevant in the first round, number 32, Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver, Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Okay, so 27 for me, Miami, courtesy of San Francisco. I gave them Penn State linebacker Brandon Smith. Uh, 28, Detroit via the Rams, uh, wide receiver George Pickens. Uh, 29, Green Bay Packers, defensive lineman Jordan Davis, Georgia. Uh, 30, the Buffalo Bills, cornerback, you're welcome, Joe. Ahmad Sauce Gardner from Damn Cincinnati. Tease. A tease, Kyle. 31 Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacker Christian Harris from Alabama. And at 32, Kansas City Chiefs defensive end Myjay Sanders from Cincinnati. Man, I wanted to find a spot for Christian Harris linebacker Alabama and N'Kobe Dean from Georgia. I just I struggled with it. I thought about Tennessee because like uh, Brown and Evans are both in contract years, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. they're not bringing them both back. They're not going to. Um. So, but I, I just didn't find the spot, and you did. You found a, a spot here for Christian Harris to the Buccaneers, and so you have two linebackers in this bunch. Brandon Smith, Penn State going to Miami. I'm guessing the the restructure of Bernardrick McKinney plays into your thought process there, and then Christian Harris to Tampa. So I, I, that's where my mind goes. I want to hear about these linebackers and why you slotted them where you did. Yeah, so one thing Tampa's proven is they don't care about positional value with linebackers, right? Because they took Devin White in the top five. So <laughs> taking one at 31 is not going to be a big deal. Uh, but they, they're effectively copy-pasting the team from last year that won the Super Bowl. So I'm kind of looking at, okay, they've built themselves a bit of a bridge. They signed Levante David on a, I believe it's a two-year deal. 
So he'll be entering into a contract here in 2022. Kind of like what they did this year uh, with bringing, bringing in Joe Tryon, right? At a position where there's some guys that are established, but there's going to be an opportunity for change. And Christian Harris, uh, with a really deep roster, getting to be the third linebacker and sit and, and learn from Levante David. I think he's got good movement skills to win in space. Um, he's obviously not there yet, uh, but I can't think of a better place for him to go, for them to continue to uh, draft effectively in a year advance of their needs. Right, So that, that's why I landed on Christian Harris to Tampa Bay. As far as Miami, Aiden Hutchinson was off the board. Um, he, he went to Baltimore two picks earlier in my mock, and, and he's a player that makes a ton of sense for Miami when you consider how they move pieces around up front. Uh, the linebacker room, they gave Jerome Baker the contract extension. Bernard McKinney, as you mentioned, they, they restructured his deal. They took the last two years off of it and cut his salary in half in 2021. So we don't know if he's going to be a long-term asset. He's a little bit different type of player than what Brandon Smith is, but I think about Miami and some of these hybrid linebackers that they have with Brennan Scarlett and Vince Beagle and Andrew Van Ginkle, right? They're not all the same size. Some of them are more powerful than others, but they, they have these hybrid linebackers that are going to play some snaps on the edge of the line of scrimmage. Uh, and, and I think Brandon Smith has the physical tools to do that. We've seen him blitz with a lot of success at Penn State, but also give him the opportunity to play more in space and, and you know, deep over routes were an area that killed the Dolphins on defense last year, particularly early in the season. So they, they shifted to more cover three uh, to try and take that away. And Penn State did a lot of zone drops uh, with Brandon Smith. I thought about Tyler Linderbaum. He's 289 pounds. You know, he doesn't really fit their formula up front, uh, even though center is a position of need unless Michael Dieter runs away with it this year. I thought about Isaiah Spiller. They don't seem to covet the running back in that position. So it was kind of like, okay, here's are my areas that I know are positions of need. I don't really see a value that I think the Dolphins are going to like or a player that fits the model that they're going to like. So I'm going to go on the defensive side of the ball. I trust Brian Flores to get the most out of him uh, as a young, inexperienced player who has really high-level traits, and they did not draft a linebacker in this past year's draft, despite that being one of the areas that I had soft circled as a position of need. So that's how I got to Brandon Smith and Christian Harris for those two. For you, Joe, do you have something you want to follow up on? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I want to ask you about Jahan Dotson to Kansas City, because I know that's a guy you're going to plant your flag in the ground for. Uh, And I want to ask you about Tyler Linderbaum to the Bills. Got to ask you about your own team. Yeah, I, I, both of those players, I'd love to see the Bills draft, to be, to be honest with you. Uh, Dotson, wide receiver, Penn State, my pick for the Chiefs. Oh, I think it's perfect. Um, wide receiver, somewhat of a need for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless their young guys take big steps. Yeah, and beyond this season, they only have Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman, and Cornell Powell under contract, and that puts Hardman in a contract year in 2022. Powell's a fifth round pick. And they just, I mean, they got to surround Mahomes, right? Like you got to make sure that this guy has players to throw to. Right. Um, I mean, dude, they're, they're an injury to Tyreek Hill away from this being Nicole Hardman as the number one wide receiver. That would make me concerned. Um, so Dotson is a player that I think 
can play inside and outside. I love his competitive toughness. I love his route running. He's obviously got really good speed. Plays big. Ball skills are there. Hands are there. He's a good punt returner. So I just feel like he's this versatile weapon. And Kansas City needs to be thinking a little bit more about their wide receiver core in my mind. And so he's a perfect fit in my mind at 32. For the Bills at, at 30 going Tyler Linderbaum, center from Iowa, um, obviously they just gave a bunch of money to Josh Allen. And I think that may force some hard looks at players on the roster that they might have to let go. And Mitch Morse, who has been a really good center for them, he was on the chopping block this offseason because of his cap hit. And they wound up restructuring, and he stayed, and he's going to be a starting center again this year. But I feel like he's a chip that they'd look at beyond this year as a potential cut candidate again where there's a real opportunity to get out of his deal. And Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, they've spoken very highly of the Iowa program and the type of people that come out of that uh, you know, that program. And Linderbaum is a uh, former wrestler, which is something Sean McDermott likes. And um, yeah, it's just uh, stylistically, he's extremely quick in terms of lateral mobility. And the Bills like to run a lot of pin and pull where they get that center out in space and they really value pass blocking in their interior offensive linemen particularly at center. They, they want to do more zone. Linderbaum fits that. So I just feel like there's just so many parallels there that make a lot of sense uh, in terms of Linderbaum being the pick for the Bills. And, of course, he fits all of the fun little Bill superlatives too, right, as, yeah. as far as, you know, the, you've dropped the nuggets on what the, the regions that they draft and the kinds of players that, like, Linderbaum used to be a defense. He was recruited as a defensive end. Yeah, they, they also love that. So – that's probably the one I don't talk enough about. They like players that um, are not finished products, right? Like the fact that he played on the other side of the ball and has shown what he's done I, I, on the offensive side, they're going to love that because they feel like that's that he's moldable. They're going to like that a lot. So who was the player who you left off that you hated leaving off of the first round? Was I mean, it Harris, I kinda, Was it Harris? Um, Harris, the Kobe Dean was another player that I really wanted to – to find a spot for, um, I'm actually going to pull up my list here. I have, I have, I have all of my uh, my snubs here. All right, I got them up now. Um, yeah, Dean and Harris definitely pop out. Um, I wasn't comfortable forcing any other quarterbacks, Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter. I couldn't yep. do it. Yep. Seven banks in in a mod gardener were 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 two more as well that I didn't yeah. get in. I was glad I found the spot for for sauce. Linderbaum was a guy who I had like three spots soft circled, and I was like, couldn't do it, couldn't pull the trigger. Uh, so he he did tumble for me as a, a smaller center, and we'll we'll see how he does this year. I thought he took a ma- massive step forward in twenty twenty. So if he takes another step forward in twenty twenty one, you're probably talking about a top twenty five pick when it's all said. Are you surprised that I had Thayer Munford in there out of Ohio State? No, because I, I think in the same way that I thought that Linderbaum took a massive step forward in 2020, I thought Munford did the same. And he's got all the measurables. He's got all the tools. And I think if he replicates what he did in 2020, he can kind of be that guy that fills the void where I talked about Zion Nelson at 17 
and I didn't have another offensive tackle going the rest of the way. Uh, so if he has a really strong two-year sample size, I think that that's a reasonable projection for him to go into the top 30. Um, but like with all of the players that we have discussed outside of three or four, you got to go out and do it this year. Yep. So that, that's going to be the big test. And I was very, very low on Munford coming into 2020. So he was a breath of fresh air to see him make all these advancements in his play. Now it's, okay, how, how sustainable is that? And, and can you continue to make that trajectory happen? And that's probably a benefit to me that my first exposure to both of those players was the 2020 year. Yeah. I yeah. didn't see anything in 19. Yeah. Yep. So, so. We'll, we'll see what the 2021 year has to bring, but that is going to do it for us here on the show. Hope you guys enjoyed this kind of long form. I think we're, we're at like an hour and 15, hour and 20 minutes between yesterday and today talking about these mocks and, and the thought process and the conflicts that we had. And we know when you open the mock, all you're going to do is scroll to your favorite team and look, <laughs> at, look right. at the player and decide whether you like it or hate it. And then you're going to yell at us if you don't. And that's fine. That's kind of the nature of the beast with mock drafts, and we get it. But uh, it, it is something we we certainly do try to apply as much logic as we can, and, and you know, especially the early season ones are fun because it's it's a lot of projection, as we've we've mentioned a couple of times, and get a chance to try to forecast who's who's going to be the guys who make that jump and and uh, who we can maybe be early on, and and every once in a while you'll get a hit, and every once in a while you'll get a massive miss that you'll look back on when the draft comes and goes in, in April and May and say, damn, I can't believe I put that dude in the first round back in yeah, August. And it'll happen. It'll happen a bunch, but it's a fluid process. It continues to evolve. And so does our programming here on draft dude. So make sure you hit subscribe, follow along Kyle Krabs, Joe Manor and Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for listening. We hope you enjoy the rest of your Wednesday.